This is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Mr. Trump, your reaction, and particularly on this issue of late-term partial birth Well, abortion. I think it's terrible. Uh, if you go with what Hillary is saying, in the ninth month, you can take the baby and rip the baby out of the womb of the mother just prior to the birth of the baby. Now, you can say that that's okay, and Hillary can say that that's okay, but it's not okay with me. Because based on what she's saying and based on where she's going and where she's been, you can take the baby and rip the baby out of the womb in the ninth month on the final day. And that's not acceptable. Well, that is not what happens in these cases. And using that kind of uh, scare rhetoric is just terribly unfortunate. You should meet with some of the women that I've met with, women I've known over the course of my life. This is one of the worst possible choices that any woman and her family has to make. And I do not believe the government should be making it. You know, I've had the great honor of traveling across the world on behalf of our country. I've been to countries where governments either forced women to have abortions like they used to do in China or forced women to bear children like they used to do in Romania. And I can tell you the government has no business in the decisions that women make with their families in accordance with their faith, with medical advice. And I will stand up for that right. All right. But just briefly, I want to move on and to another honestly, segment. honestly, nobody has business doing what I just said, doing that as late as one or two or three or four days prior to birth. Nobody has that. All right. Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, uh, to the War Room. It is April 21st, 2023, in the year of our Lord. My name is Terry Schilling, and I'm the president of American Principles Project. But more relevantly, I am guest hosting and trying to do the impossible, which is fill the enormous and incredible shoes of the great Stephen K. Bannon. We've got a great show lined up for you today. And, you know, frankly, I'm very excited to be here. Um, it's great always to talk to the War Room audience. You guys are an incredible force in this country and in politics. Um, and, you know, frankly, I want to talk uh, today uh, a specific address to President Trump. And it's important um, to have this conversation because you don't always get this. And I know that uh, President Trump watches this show. Um, I'm one of his biggest fans. I, uh, my organization, with a lot of the help from the War Room, we spent over $4 million in 2020 trying to help him get reelected. And my goal in uh, 2024 is to spend 20 to 25 million. Um, so I want to take this opportunity, though, to talk about what President Trump said about the issue of abortion and the lack of a federal role. Um, abortion has obviously been in the news a lot lately, um, especially in the, in the wake of the midterms. Abortion was blamed uh, for why we lost. And in some ways, that's true. Uh, the reality of the situation is that we did lose uh, a lot of seats because of the issue of abortion. But it wasn't because our positions are unpopular with the American people. 
It's quite the opposite. It's because we didn't defend ourselves against the Democrat assaults and onslaught against our children uh, in the womb. Uh, Democrats outspent us 500 million to 50 million, an absurd amount of money, 10 to one, and they branded the Republicans as a party that wanted to put women in jail. They wanted them to die uh, over abortion. They didn't want to protect their lives. And the Republican response was nothing. We ignored it uh, many cases. The, the Democratic Party was able to brand the Republicans in conjunction with the mainstream media. And because of that, uh, President Trump uh, is coming out and, and saying not great things about the pro-life movement. In fact, uh, he's now saying that he doesn't believe that there's a federal role in abortion, which is odd uh, because the people that say that there's no federal role in abortion are typically the billionaire donor class and Mitch McConnell and, and his uh, crew, as you could call them. So I want to take this moment to address President Trump directly. President Trump, you have done more for the pro-life movement than anyone that's ever been president. Roe v. Wade was overturned by you. We had the amazing decision in Dobbs. States are moving all across the country to protect the unborn. But I think that you're being given the wrong advice on this issue. Your speech, your, your moment in that 2016 debate against Hillary Clinton was one of the most beautiful and amazing defining moments in American political history. I think that it was not just defining in the moment of the debate over the pro-life movement. I think it was also defining in the success of your reelection. The pro-life movement has been incredibly loyal to you and you've been incredibly loyal back. And the reason I wanted to address you today is because I think you're making a mistake I want you to have all the success in the world, and I really want you to consider the reality of the situation that we're in, which is that there's always going to be a federal role in abortion. There is no situation in which the left ever stops using the federal government to stop promoting and pushing abortion policies. They use our uh, funding, our tax dollars every single day to fund abortions. They're turning our vet clinics, our VA clinics into abortion clinics. They're weaponizing the Department of Education to push abortion uh, education programs in the schools. They're, they're subsidizing this through Obamacare. The left will never stop pushing abortion through the federal government. The idea that there's not gonna be a federal response from the Republicans is not just insane, it's going to lead to a massive slaughter. So I wanna encourage you to return to your roots, reject the billionaire donor class, reject the Mitch McConnells of the world that tell you to stay away from this issue. Because I'll tell you, the, the most unpopular position in this country regarding the debate around abortion is one in which only 23% of Americans support, which is the Democrats' position of unrestricted access to abortion at any point in pregnancy. When you compare that to an abortion law or abortion limit that limits abortion to uh, the third trimester, the, the 20th week, the 15th week when the baby can feel pain, or even as aggressive as a heartbeat bill at six weeks, limiting abortion to, to when the baby has a heartbeat. With exceptions, those numbers are incredibly in our favor. Even with a heartbeat bill, it's 61 to 23 uh, in, in Florida and in other states across the country. We need to go on offense with the Democrats. The reason we lost in the 2022 midterms is because we didn't attack our Democrat opponents on their extremism on abortion. And it turned out to be an utter catastrophe. We need to go on offense. We need to include the exceptions if we wanna have a success. 
um, at passing legislation and getting reelected. And so with that, I would just want to encourage you, President Trump, we're your biggest fans, where you're going to be in your corner as long as you're in our corner. And I think that you're making a mistake here by saying that there's no federal role in abortion policy. So with that, I'm going to get off my soapbox and I'm going to tell you guys we have a great show. Uh, we're going to bring on um, the first person we're going to bring on is a friend of mine uh, named John O'Shea. He is running for Congress in Texas. He is a business owner. Uh, he's an incredible man. And I want to bring him on to talk about what's going on in Texas and the state of his campaign. So, John, how are things looking in Texas? Hey, Terry, good to be on with you. And it's a real uh, treat to be with the War Room Posse. Um, things are looking good today. Nice weather outside. <laughs> things are things are going all right. But uh uh, you know, to your point and, and speaking to President Trump earlier in your message, uh, I think if there's one common theme or one kind of thread that's been throughout the war room over the last two years is that our nation as a whole is on fire. And it's it's unbelievable that a dichotomy of where we are today versus where we were just a few short years ago in 2019 under President Trump's leadership. No, that's exactly right. And And I think the thing that's most puzzling to me is that, you know, there was no there's been no president that has been more aggressive in the pursuit to protect the unborn children in this country. I mean, without question, President Trump is responsible for overturning Roe and giving us the Dobbs decision. There's no one else that can even get close to taking as much credit to that. And I think the thing that's puzzling to me is the logic that the president responsible for nominating the justices that overturn Roe uh, through the Dobbs decision He's not going to be able to distance himself from abortion restrictions. You're locked in. The only way out here is through. So, John, what are you hearing uh, from people locally about these issues? What are some of the issues that are coming up on the campaign trail uh, that you're hearing from voters and, and from people concerned in Texas? Well, you know, the interesting thing is we just filed a couple of weeks ago. It's something that I knew in my heart uh, that I was going to do. I've, I've been praying to God, you know, what to do to try and help serve and save this country. Because I think, you know, it's it always sounds alarmist to say that, you know, the, the country's on the brink. But I see that we really truly have two different paths before us right now. One that leads to kind of the restoration of our country on as the bright shining city on the hill back in God's good graces. And the other one that just leads to this ultimate chaos of uh, anarchistic rule through a, this authoritarian globalist woke that, that are trying to utterly change this country and 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 initiate a whole new world order. So, you know, it's funny, what I get asked is, what is one of the first things that I, you know, I would like to do or see in Congress? And candidly speaking, I mean, the first thing I need to do is win, because right now, Texas has 38 congressional seats after the redistricting. Of that, 25 of them are Republican and 13 are Democrat, but not all Republicans are created equal. So to give you an idea, conservative review, which gives kind of their liberty score, Un, you know, not surprisingly, all 13 Democrats score an F, but egregiously, five of the Republicans also score an F, including the 14-term establishment incumbent that I'm running against right now. And so we need America first candidates. What I think was shown by the 20 who held Kevin McCarthy's feet to the fire, and kudos for them because, you know, let's face it, uh, you know, Speaker McCarthy has actually uh, been the most conservative speaker since Newt Gingrich, uh, candidly, and I didn't know that he had it in him, but you know, credit where credit's due. But of those 20, three of them were freshman America First congressmen. You know, Eli Crane, uh, Anna Paula, uh, Paulina Luna, and then Texas's own Keith Self. And frankly, we just need more of them. 
you know, as far as the issues, you know, it's what do you think is going well in the country? Because right now our sovereignty <laughs> is being threatened with open borders and trying to join globalist organizations like the World Health Organization and the WEF, or as the cool kids in Davos say, WEF. You know, I don't remember anybody here voting for Soros or for Bill Gates or for, you know, the Rockefeller Foundation. So why they have a say in things is beyond me. You know, our economy is <laughs> in shambles. And President Trump gave a perfect handoff to, to President Biden. You know, you took a look at our energy dominance. And now, right now, we're in an energy crisis. You take a look at the soaring inflation where things were in control when President Trump was in, in office. Our foreign policies are shambles. We had the Afghanistan debacle. We're in the Ukraine war, whether we like to admit it or not. And now we're on the brink of a potential uh, additional war with China over Taiwan and the South China Sea. You know, it's our civil rights are under attack. Culturally, we're under attack, as you well know, because I, I <laughs> God bless you, brother. You're a warrior pushing back on all this. And, you know, the family, you know, the three bulwarks against authoritarian rule and Unbelievably, the progressive left liberals have become complete globalist authoritarians, but it's love of God, it's love of family, and it's love of country, and all three of those institutions are under attack, and so I really appreciate what the American Principles Project does. But you know, lastly, and in, in kind of what I see is just it's an all-out assault on our civil liberties. I used to call myself a conservative, but frankly, there's nothing left to conserve. You know, they shut down our businesses and called us unessential. They shuttered our churches and places of worship when we were actually in, in a spiritual crisis and a time of need. They locked our kids out of churches. They're censoring us. Uh, you know, the only right that they haven't infringed upon, but they're definitely coming for right now, is the Second Amendment. And, you know, right now, I say I'm not a conservative. I'm a restorer, and I want to see us get back to our constitutional roots. So that's why I, as you— want to do and see everything we can to get President Trump reelected because he is the one candidate right now. It's the America First movement. It's his movement. He started it. He showed us it was possible. And he's the one person who I can think can actually take us back and restore our constitution. John, um, I got to keep the show running. Where can people find you? <laughs> yeah, it's important. and I, I apologize having to ask for support, but as you can imagine, the system's rigged for the incumbent and I'm taking on a 14-term incumbent. So if people can go to www.oshafertexas.com, any support would be appreciated. I'm going to use my money, but unfortunately, I'm not wealthy enough to take this on on my own. And, and, and even if you don't live inside the district, the country needs as many America First candidates as possible in this next election cycle. Amen to that, brother. And, and uh, thank you so much, John, for joining us. And uh, we'll, we'll keep updating with you and uh, keep you tied in. Um, so thanks so much for joining us. Uh, pleasure to be on. Uh, Thanks, Terry. Thanks, John. So um, the other thing I, I just want to point out, uh, a lot of I didn't mention this, and I should have. John is uh, someone who I met through the war room. Uh, he actually watches all four hours of the show. So he's he's one of us that's actually going to Congress to to make a difference. Um, I want to get to our next guest, though. Uh, I ran into her last night at the Heritage uh, event at Mount Vernon, and I'm, I've been a huge fan of her, and um, her name's Liz Wheeler. You guys know her better, way better than me, even. Um, and she has some incredible stuff going on right now. I think she's writing a book. She's giving a big speech. Um, so I wanted to bring her on to talk about the trans issue and just how uh, how much of a threat it is to this country. So Liz Wheeler, thank you so much for joining the War Room. Hope everything's going well. Hi, Terry. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. 
Of course. So um, talk to us a little bit about um, the speech that you're planning to give and and um, and and what's next on the pike for you and, and what's got you uh, riled up about the trans movement, because that, that keeps me up at night. Yeah, we were talking about this last night at Heritage. I'm really excited to go to James Madison University this coming Wednesday. It's April 26th. I'm speaking on campus there with the Young America's Foundation. The event is at 6 p.m. Eastern. Highly recommend if you're in the area, come join us. It's open to the public. If you're not in the area, you can live stream it. Um, you can go to YAF TV, their YouTube channel, and and watch it. It's really interesting because in, in advance of this event, we've had um, an incredible backlash from trans activists on campus who have condemned me coming to the school, condemned my speech. The title of the speech, by the way, and this is the reason they're condemning it, of course, is the ideology of transgenderism. I'm going to this campus, not, not to be bombastic, not to be sensationalist. I'm going because there's a proposition that I want to put before these students, especially the trans activists. I want to tell them, I don't hate you. Obviously, I care deeply about you. That's why I'm that's why I'm coming. That's why I'm putting myself in this position and coming to speak with you. At the same time, the other side, the trans activists, the queer theorists, if you are, if you were, they're also telling um, gender dysphoric youth or confused youth that they care about them, that they love them. Only one of these things can be true. Both of these things cannot be true at the same time, because what I want for them is radically different than what the trans activists want for them. I want them to get good mental health care. Uh, the trans activists want them to mutilate their bodies with pharmaceuticals and with surgeries. So the question I want to pose to these students, and I will do this to them on Wednesday, is I want to ask them, listen, how do you know which one of us is telling you the truth? Because one of us is lying to you. It's either me or it's the trans activists. But here's the thing, Terry. There was, you, you can look this up on Twitter too. You can look up Liz Wheeler, Jam you can, you can see a lot of the backlash. There's a state legislator from Connecticut. I believe that she's a, an alumni of JMU who said that, that she tweeted that I said I wanted to eradicate transgender people or something like that. And this is demonstrably false. I never said any such thing, this isn't true. And the reason I bring it up is because I want to ask these students, if trans activists, these radical leftists pushing queer theory on you are willing to tell you that lie, which is a provable lie, I never said that, what other lies are they telling you? Have you mm -hmm. ever considered that everything that they're telling you is a lie? And I think this is an angle that hasn't been, um, hasn't been used before on college campus when engaging with these radical trans activists. I feel so much compassion for them. I do care about them. I want them to be the people they were made to be. Um, and we're gonna, have, we're gonna have a really good time. Also, by the way, and this is the funny aspect, the debate team from James Madison University issued a statement condemning my appearance, the debate team. So I think we're going to have a good time. <laughs> uh, so Liz, this is what drives me nuts, right, about this. And it's really an industry, right? And I think we talked a little bit about this is to, just the surgeries alone in America in 2022 was $2.1 billion. That's how much, that's how big this industry is. It's like, I'm not making money off of these people. You're not making money off of these people. We're not, well, there's no agenda that we have besides loving these people and getting them the proper care that they need, right? And 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 it seems to me that if the, the whole movement's built on a lie, lie after lie after lie, right? It's uh, men can become women and women can become men. And now, now they're actually saying that trans is normal, that uh, human beings are fluid in their gender and that it's actually cis people. Just so you guys know, cis means that you're just normal, like you're you're a man and you identify <laughs> as a man. That's that's what that means. But cis is what's not normal. We're forcing gender on our children and that is what's the oppression. So they've already shifted. They used to argue that this was an inborn trait, that this was genetic, that they had different brains, that they had, you know, different hormone levels. It's all lies. This is an agenda to push. Well, it's an industry that's profiting and then reinvesting into government affairs and lobbying and PR efforts. Um, 
but it's also an ideology that wants to destroy America by weakening the family, by taking away parental rights, and by taking away our freedoms to, of who to associate with and who we don't have to associate with. And they're using this, obviously, to groom our ch kids. And so I, I just, I'm so glad that someone like you, as articulate as you are, as hardworking as you are, is in this fight engaging. And um, Liz, where can, uh, where can people find you? I, wa I want to get as many War Room people there to the event as possible because these things have been getting nasty. They're putting marbles in the floor at the University of Iowa. Um, to, to, I think it was against Matt Walsh. Dangerous stuff. I mean, they're shooting up our kids in school. So I just want to get as many of our supporters and, and War Room posse there. So tell people the, event, uh, the details for the event and, and where else they can follow you and find you. Yeah, absolutely. And one comment I would make, you mentioned this ideology. There, There is a huge profit motive behind this ideology, but it is a neo-Marxist ideology. It's it's queer theory, and that's what we're going to go into. We're going to talk in depth about that on Wednesday. The event is at James Madison University. It's at 6 p.m. on Wednesday, April 26th. Everybody is invited. You can go to any of my social media channels. We'll post the invitation where you can where you can get your free tickets. You can go to Twitter. Um, I'm Liz Wheeler. I, am, I do have the blue check mark. Paid $8 for it from Elon Musk. You can go to LizWheeler.com. Um, you can find me on Rumble. You can find me on YouTube. We'll have the event information pasted everywhere. But the best place to go is to go to my Twitter account, twitter.com slash Liz underscore Wheeler. And yes, please do come to the event. And if you can't come, watch it streaming online because it is going to, it's going to be something. It's an important conversation that needs to be had. We're undeterred by by the agitating and the threats. I mean, that that's what happens when you're fighting a war that is an existential war. That's a war for the future of our country. That's what we're engaging in right now. So we're very excited about it and hope everyone can join us. The great Liz Wheeler. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Terry. I appreciate it. Yep. All right, guys, we're going to keep moving. Again, I told you it's a jam-packed show. Um, uh, I want to go next. Uh, I want to revisit uh, the discussion around abortion. And I've um, I've asked uh, Katie Daniel uh, from the Susan B. Anthony list to join us to talk about what's going on in the states and to talk about the polling. This is and, and where the American people actually are at here. Um, it's really important that we cover this. And there's no uh, better group that I trust more on the pro-life fight uh, than the Susan B. Anthony list. They're scrappy. They're, they're hardworking, they're serious, and they've been getting the job done for a while. And by the way, just to remind everyone, Marjorie Dienenfelser and her team at SBA, they stuck with President Trump in the 2016 election. Even in light of all the, the, the garbage that the mainstream media was doing, they've been incredibly loyal and they had a great relation. They still do, I believe, um, on the pro-life movement. So I want to bring in uh, Katie Daniel to talk about what we're seeing in the states and, um, and, and the polling that we're finding. So Katie, uh, tell us a little bit, walk us through some of the polling numbers and what's going on in the States. And I kind of want to get into a little bit, I might have to hold you over to the break. Um, I want to get into um, some of the legislation that we're seeing come up in the States. So I'll just give you the floor and can you give a rundown of where we're at right now? Yeah, so far we've seen States really be able to run with the post-Dobbs era. Um, obviously, we've had some frustrating losses in states like Michigan and Minnesota, but some big wins as well. I'm a Floridian. I have to brag on our legislature. Last week, we passed a heartbeat law, and this is a huge step forward in a state that has long been considered an abortion destination and a late-term abortion destination. We are shutting that down. Uh, that is not what Floridians want. We passed the 15-week law last year. Our candidates ran on it. They were very clear about their records. And we saw that be a winner in November. Uh, they went to Tallahassee with a mandate. They got it done. And we can't wait for that law to be in effect. Um, if you go to the West, you've got states 
like Idaho and Wyoming and Utah that are passing laws strengthening those trigger laws that they'd passed before Roe v. Wade. It's been their longstanding policy to be pro-life. They didn't care what the Supreme Court said about it. They wanted to pass pro-life laws, and now they are strengthening those up. So across the country, we're seeing really good things. You know, we're still um, excited about the energy in Nebraska. They've got a heartbeat law that's traveling through their legislature. Um, just all over the place, what we see is that when pro-life candidates and pro-life elected officials speak clearly about their positions and they get into those details, they talk about what abortion is, they talk about why this matters, there are winners. So I love that clip that you showed to President Trump from 2016. He spoke clearly, and I'm sure that there were consultants who were having a meltdown when he talked about <laughs> the barbarity of what partial birth abortion is from the debate stage. Um, we are so used to hearing euphemisms in this space and the clarity and the way he spoke about it. He connected with the American people and, and he won that election. So we want to see him uh, you know, go back to that level of clarity that he had. And, you know, it's a winner. It's a winner in the States. And we think it'll be a winner in 2024 for the national elections too. Right. And and here's the thing that frustrates me about it is that we spend so much time uh, getting attacked and having to respond to the Democrats claiming that we want women in jail, that we want women to die, that we want that if a woman's raped and all this stuff to have, you know, be forced to either choose between dying or jail. Why are we doing that? Like, why are we allowing the Democrats to frame the entire debate? Why aren't we counterpunching? It's it's the thing that's puzzling is that this is a, that's a natural reaction to counterpunch. Like uh, even my my four year old son counterpunches when I you know have to discipline him. He points out all the other things his brothers and sisters are doing. Why? <laughs> I, I I just I can't I can't wrap my head around it because there's only one thing worse uh, than limiting abortion at a certain point, and that is allowing abortion even after. A baby's born, right? I mean, we saw what Governor Northam did in, in Virginia and talked about how we could just, oh, the doctors and, and the mother will just make a decision while the baby lies there on a cold, sterile metal table. Um, it's just disgusting. And we can win on this. And I don't, I don't, am I wrong? I mean, I feel like we can win on this and it's not that much of a lift. Clarity uh, is a powerful actually, thing. Oh, there we go in the break. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to hold you over the break and we will come back, guys. Stay tuned. We got another half hour to go and a, a bunch of other great panelists. We got Aaron McIntyre. You're going to love it. Talk soon. I admit it. I don't make the best food choices. The CDC says that I should eat six cups of fruit and veggies a day. Now, there's zero chance I'm eating six cups of fruit and veggies a day. But according to a massive study, people who do eat healthy live longer, have less heart disease and diabetes, and have less cancer. Now, I take Field of Greens, and I'll tell you why. Unlike other fruit and vegetable supplements, each specific fruit and vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected to support specific functions like heart health, liver and kidney health, immune system, and metabolism. I take Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast. And if you're like me, you feel healthier, have more energy, your skin and hair look healthier. And it can help you lose weight. 
But the biggest benefits is that better health promise. Take Field of Greens, and at your next doctor visit, if your doctor doesn't say something like, whatever you're doing, it's working, keep it up. Return it for a refund. Let me repeat. It's the better health promise. Take Field of Greens and at your next doctor's visit. If your doctor doesn't say something like, hey, whatever you're doing, it's working, keep it up, then return Field of Greens for a full refund. And to help you get started, I got you 15% off your first order. Plus, get another 10% off when you subscribe for recurring orders. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code Bannon. That's fieldofgreens.com, promo code Bannon. Do this today. You will feel healthier. You will look healthier. You will act healthier. Fieldagreens.com, promo code Bannon. Do it today. Starting the new year, how will you prepare yourself, friends, and family? In the news, you're seeing constant government overreach, attacks on our communication and energy grid, worldwide conflicts, natural disasters, and the never-ending assault on our security and privacy. And relying on your cell phone in these scenarios simply won't cut it. That's why over the last year, I've been partnering with Satellite Phone Store to help you stay prepared and ensure your vital communications stay private. They're one of America's largest satellite companies with thousands of happy, well-prepared customers. For a limited time, Satellite Phone Store has a special promotional offer when you go to sat123.com slash Bannon. That is sat, S-A-T, 123.com slash Bannon. Get a bivy stick or an Imarsat satellite phone included with an annual agreement. Remember, that's you get a bivy stick or a Marsat satellite phone included with an annual agreement. Now, Satellite Phone Store's customer support team is located in the United States of America and can help you pick the best plan for you. Go to sat.com. Right now, that's sat123.com slash Bannon, sat123.com slash Bannon, and get your device today. Don't put it off. Life can change in an instant. That is sat123.com slash Bannon, sat123.com slash Bannon. Get it today. Take action, action, action. In Joe Biden's America, criminals are exalted and the police are condemned. Sad to say but you need to be prepared and properly trained to defend yourself and to defend your family. Thankfully, there's iTarget Pro. This revolutionary system allows you to dry fire practice with your actual firearm anytime in the safety and privacy of your own home. No more inconvenient trips to the range, and with inflation causing the price of ammo to skyrocket, you save a ton of money. Just download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into your firearm, and start your training experience iTarget will help you develop muscle memory, sharpen target reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger function, and more. iTarget Pro comes in all the major calibers, so you can stay sharp with almost any firearm. Go to iTargetPro.com right now and save 10% plus. Get free shipping with the offer code Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, all one word. This makes a great gift for Father's Day and is less expensive than a few hours at the range. That's the letter itargetpro.com. That's itargetpro.com. Offer code Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N.
War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome back, everyone. This is Terry Schilling, President of the American Principles Project, trying my best to do the impossible, fill the amazing shoes of Stephen K. Bannon, our, our legend, our hero, and our friend, um, and one of the greatest Americans I've ever known. Um, so we still got a great show. I want to bring this back, though, um, to uh, Katie Daniel from the Susan B. Anthony list. We were just talking about the, my frustrations and her frustrations, it sounds like, about Republicans refusing to engage on the abortion fight. Uh, on one hand, you have Democrats accusing us of being extreme. But then on the other hand, Republicans aren't responding. They deflect, right? Uh, we saw this in the campaign in 2022. Republican gets accused of wanting to ban all abortions without any exceptions, want women to die, be put in prison. And the Republican doesn't even address that, right? We saw that with Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania. They they actually deflect. They say, I'm not running to change federal abortion policies. There's no federal role. I'm running to change the economy. I'm running to change inflation. I'm running to fix the crime issue. That leaves the branding out there. When you allow people to accuse you of terrible things and you don't address their accusations directly, it brands you. And it's a nightmare. It's a disaster. We saw it. We witnessed, Katie, uh, you know, in my opinion, I think, Katie, we witnessed uh, what a Republican Party that says there's no federal role on abortion, uh, we witnessed the results of what happens there in 2022. And it's terrible. We lost the Senate. We, we didn't gain as many House seats. Uh, we, we lost key governorships. Um, Katie, where am I wrong? Am I wrong? What's going on? Well, Democrat strategists tell their candidates, don't go into specifics. When you start talking about specifics, you lose because the American people are with us. And we're certainly finding that um, when you talk about the FDA, the FDA's current policies allow these drugs to be sent through the mail. They allow them to be sent to minors without parents knowing. 75% of Americans oppose this. We have to get specific. We have to say what we are for because people are with us. Even you'll see a poll Katie, and it'll Katie, say. Real, real quick, Katie, what I, I just, I, you, you're saying a lot and you have a ton of information. But I want to go back to something that you said earlier, which is we have to give specifics, right? So uh, imagine that you're talking to the, the presidential candidates right now, and I bet a, a few of them are actually watching this show. What advice would you give them? What is the national policy on abortion that you and the Susan B. Anthony list would recommend? What's your advice to them on the campaign trail that they should be supporting and signaling right now? Every candidate needs to define themselves clearly and early. You need to say what your position is, and you have to point to the need for a federal role. We cannot say that babies in California and New York don't matter. This is a human rights issue. It is not a state's rights issue. So we put out a statement yesterday saying that we are only going to support a candidate who is for a 15-week federal minimum standard or more protective. This would allow states to be more protective, but it would say dismemberment abortions, partial birth abortion is not going to be happening in California and New York. Babies in our country deserve a chance at life no matter where they live. That is what candidates need to be talking about. People connect to it. People say, I'm not for that. I'm not for what President Trump described in that debate where you are ripping a child limb from limb. When we give those specifics, when we connect to people, that's when we win. 
Right. No, no. And look, this is all the Mitch Daniels social tr- social issues truce, right? It's it's this fake idea, this this half cocked plan of you know if Republicans just wave the white flag on these issues around the un- protecting the unborn and protecting our kids from being sexualized in schools, that the that we'll have a detente, we'll have a peace uh, and a truce, and we have seen how that works. Right. When 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 the Republican Party in 2012 adopted a platform that marriage was a state's issue, we had gay marriage as law of the land before the next presidential election. Right. And I think that that's my biggest concern about where Donald or President Trump is heading. And I want to prevent that. I want him to win. What's going to happen, Katie, I mean, in my opinion, tell me if I'm wrong, is if he continues with this no federal role in abortion, he's going to lose his base. And he'll have to deal with Joe Biden and all the Democrats and all their friends in Hollywood and in the in the corporate media calling him someone that wants to put women in jail, someone that wants women to die. He is the president. He has to own it. He can't escape it. He is the president that got us Dobbs and overturned Roe. Where am I wrong? Governors who ran on their records won. We went 12 and 0 with governors running on their records. Um, attorneys general who ran on their records went 14 and 0. So the path is clear. When you've got a great pro-life record, you should lean into it. You should run on it. Um, and we encourage all candidates to do that. Uh, the American people don't want abortion on demand. They don't want the Democratic Party platform. That's why Democrats tell their candidates not to talk specifics because their specifics are deeply unpopular. So we have to do it. If you Thank don't you. lay out your position, the left and the yep. media will do it for you and you're not going to like it and you're going to play defense <laughs> the whole time. Katie Daniel, uh, I got to keep the show running. Where can people find more about Susie Manthelis and stay on top of, uh, of, of the abortion debate and, and abortion policy going forward? You can find us at sbaprolife.org, and you can follow state laws at lifesavinglaws.com. Katie Daniel, thank you so much for joining us, and keep up the great work that you guys are doing at SBA to protect our unborn children and and save this country. Thank you. Thank you. All right, we're going to keep this show rolling. My my next two guests are incredible. Um, I'm going to start with someone that I just met um, uh, a few weeks ago while I was in Texas, um, he is a freshman representative in the Texas State House. He's already breaking through barriers. He's he is killing it for the family. He's helping protect our kids. We, we've been working with him uh, to help pass some legislation to protect kids online. He's also got some other things around adoption I want to talk about. Um, but Nate Schatzline, representative. I, Nate, you're based out of Fort the Fort Worth area. Is that right? That's right. That's right. Fort Worth. Very good. Very good. So, Nate, um, tell us, give us an update on the age verification legislation that you're um, that you're leading the charge on in the Texas State House. And uh, I want to get into how how uh, the war room posse can help, because this is an army of people that are willing to help save this country and take action. So give us a rundown of where we are right now on the age verification bill um, and then how we can help. 
No, it's absolutely uh, such an important fight. Terry, thank you so much for even having me on and, and taking the time to, to cover such an important and vital issue. I think ultimately what we're looking at right now is um, we see a Texas that is ready to protect the next generation. I think it's incredibly vital that when we start talking about age verification bills, we also address the fact that really this is a bipartisan effort. You know, we've had bipartisan uh, support from the very beginning of this bill because all this bill seeks to do is ensure that children under the age of 18 don't have direct access to pornography. And so what we're seeing um, is, uh, you know, this bill just passed unanimously out of the Youth Health and Safety Committee here in the Texas House. People are excited about it. I know I'll be carrying uh, Senator Angela Paxton's bill on the House side as well. That's the companion bill. And um, what this bill seeks to do is very simple. We are requiring age verification through ID verification here in the state of Texas, where you'll have to upload your ID in order to access adult content. Now, I will say the key here is that we're not just adding ID verification to pornographic websites, but we're also um, making sure that our social media sites have to follow this rule as well. Because, you know, I think it's common knowledge that much of the pornographic material that children have access to come through social media. So we're yep. excited. It's moving um, and it's going well. Nate, um, I, we've been working on this and you and I have uh, address these concerns, but I, I want you, this this concern about privacy keeps coming up. And so I, I want you to kind of walk the war room posse through for why uh, this isn't any different than the age verification that we require for online gambling or alcohol. So, you know, I bought a pack of cigars for a friend of mine uh, last week and I had to upload my photo ID, right? And that's just cigars. That's uh, pretty harmless stuff. Um, yeah, so to kind of walk us through, like, should people be concerned about this affecting their privacy? Um, what do you have to say to that? No, it's great. We intentionally, because here's the deal, we never want to put privacy um, issues uh, on the state level, especially, or, or the federal level. We want to make sure that our data privacy is prioritized. And here's the big one. Um, you know, we just in the Texas House just passed uh carried by Representative Capriglione, probably one of the most comprehensive data privacy bills uh, in the United States of America. And so data privacy is huge for us, especially when it comes to talking about the next generation. So within this bill, we actually have it in here that they cannot store any data that's received. They can't sell any data that's received as well. Um, and so, and that was vital for us because especially when we're talking about this type of industry, we never want to give access to any type of data to an industry that seeks to exploit children and really an industry that we see human trafficking um, being implemented in every single day. And so data privacy was huge for us. But I will tell you this, you know, a simple are you of the age of 18 question is just not enough. Um, to to protect the next generation from obscene materials and really just pornographic images and videos all across the internet and all across social media that we see every single day flooding the smartphones of our kids. In fact, um, uh, you know, more than half of American children own a smartphone by age 11, which should terrify us. It should also wake us up as parents to be more involved um, and, and be able to say no to our children on these things. Your children does not need a smartphone to thrive. I would venture to say they may thrive better without one. Um, and then right. he, this was the big, this was the big stat that threw me off. Over 62% of 11 to 13 year olds who have seen pornography 
reported that their first exposure to it was unintentional. And so how many of those exposures could we mitigate by simply adding in some common sense practices to ensure that our children don't have direct access to pornography just one click away? No, that's exactly right. Um, Nate, I have a little bit of time left. Um, I want you, look, this this age verification stuff is a no-brainer. It's not controversial. It just passed the Virginia uh, legislature. I think Glenn Youngkin just signed into law. It was 98 to zero in the House and I think 38 to seven uh, in the, or, I'm sorry, 38 to three in the Senate. Like this is going, this is, these the bills are sailing through. Just this year alone, we're up to five states. But I want you to tell the audience a little bit about uh, your adoption legislation, because I find it fascinating um, and incredibly uh, creative. So could you talk a little bit about that, or is it a little bit too early to, talk, to go for it? No, no, I would, love, I would love to talk about it. I think uh, as much publicity we can get around this as possible, because I think this is one of the most important bills we have in the Texas House right now. Um, it's HB 4138, and that bill simply states that we want to create a program that will assist in lowering the barriers and the cost of adoption in the state of Texas. You know, my goal is to make Texas the most affordable state for adoption in the entire entire United States of America. And we're doing that by creating a program um, that would essentially partner with nonprofits, AKA the church. So if a church wants to sponsor a family to do an adoption, then what we've said is, hey, go through our program, sponsor that family up to 50%, and we're gonna match those funds. And there's two major things that are important to do with this bill. Number one, lowering the barriers of adoption is huge because only two to 4% of families in the United States have adopted, yet over one third of families in the United States have considered it. And it's because the average cost of a private adoption in the state of Texas is between 40 to $60,000, which is just implausible when it comes to a middle-income family. And so first, we're lowering the cost, but secondarily, and, and honestly, just as important, we're creating a system through the state government that will make sure that when a church wants to sponsor a family to adopt, that they are not giving it to anyone who could ever harm a child or could be involved in a trafficking scheme or could ever um, do anything that would be negative towards the child's life by simply having the vetting process go through adoption agencies that are trusted. And so we're one, combating child human trafficking, and secondarily, we're lowering the barriers for healthy families to create a healthy environment for children that desperately need it. Nate, uh, where can people find you and uh, learn more uh, about these efforts and, and keep you're you're obviously I think you're a rising star. I am just so the war room knows I am long Nate Schatzline out of Texas. I think he's got a big future. Nate, where can people find you? Uh, thank you so much. And, and I so appreciate that. Um, they can follow me on social media at either Rep Nate Schatzline uh, on Instagram or um, Nate Schatzline on Twitter as well. And uh, yes, please stay up to date. I believe that Texas is really geared up to lead the way on these two issues. And we're really excited about it. Thank you so much for having me on. And uh, as always, you guys do amazing work. So thanks for what you're doing. My man, Nate, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I, I The last guest, and I'm saving the best for last, and I mean that, um, name's Aaron McIntyre. Uh, and I came across his Twitter in conjunction with the Claremont Institute. Um, and I did the Lincoln Fellowship and his name kept coming up and his Twitter account. I started following him and I found him to be one of the most fascinating and on point 
uh, people on the internet. Uh, he is an expert at uh, late stage empires, which I think that unless we turn things around, that's exactly where America is right now. So we're going to do a little bit of dooming and glooming uh, with Aaron. Maybe he'll give us a little bit of hope. I don't know. Aaron, how are you, my friend? Welcome to the war room. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, so talk to us. Um, you know, I, I, you're famous uh, for the tap the sign meme, uh, which is essentially, guys, it's it's not that not that too complicated. You know, they just they're just evil and they want to diddle kids, which we're seeing more and more. Right. We're seeing the drag queen story hours. We're seeing the grooming in schools. We're seeing the sex changes for minors. We have unrestricted access to porn. Like there's a real sexual revolution going on and same to our kids. So what's got you, um, Scott, what are you focused on right now? And uh, what do you think the war room posse should uh, be concerned about and, and focus on right now? Well, I think, like you said, when we're looking at kind of late stage civilizations, they're always wanting to centralize power. They're always wanting to break down barriers, protect the barriers, the things that used to hold civilization together so that they can accrue more power to the federal government, to the central government. And one of the key functions of that, whether it's today's Western liberal democracies or you look at something like the Soviet Union, the key is always breaking apart the family, right? It's the ability to get the, the child to turn on the parents. And so what we're seeing right now is the advancement of an ideology that does a number of different things. First, it does, unfortunately, cater to the proclivities of some people who are really horrific inside the left. But it also serves the larger purpose of turning children against parents. It gives them a it, this is why they need to introduce sexual identities and sexuality to children younger and younger because by doing so, they can tell children that they have something that is their parents are against, something they're opposed to, and needs to be protected from their parents. And so this is why we so often see parents, or rather we see teachers, talking about how they can be trusted more than parents, how the child should right. trust them above their parents and put them first. And so by granting these children awareness of sexuality and sexualizing them far too young, then create an identity that then opens them up to civil rights protection. And as we've learned, the civil rights movement has become the uh, the argument for everything now. Everything is a civil right. Everything is the newest front of the civil rights revolution. And if a child has a civil right to a sexual identity and the parent is the one restricting that child's civil right, then it's the state's job to step in and remove the parent and their ability to have authority over their child and restrict the behavior. No, no, that that is that's one of the best explanations I've heard. Um, Aaron, I got about two and a half minutes left. And the thing that you mentioned uh, that always sticks out to me whenever I'm online and seeing all these debates is there's this article and you've probably seen it in The Atlantic in 1926. There's a report from The Atlantic that covered the dissolution of marriage and the abolition of the family in the Soviet Union. And the thing that always sticks out to me about this story is basically they made marriage dissolution a five-minute process. So any no fault, five-minute process, you're in and out, done. What's happening is uh, these guys were marrying women, getting them knocked up, and abandoning the family and then knocking up another girl. They had entire cities and villages ransacked by fatherless orphans criminal fatherless orphans that were violent they were raping they were killing they were robbing they were committing arson and it's like i i read this story and i'm thinking this is happening in chicago this is happening in san francisco this is happening in seattle this is happening in portland this is happening in new york this is happening everywhere like we we're literally going through the abolition of the family i think that the left has been way more successful in abolishing the family than anyone realizes 
Yeah, again, that's absolutely correct. This has always been a, a goal of the left. Again, the family stands as kind of the last barrier between the total state and the individual. The family is the most natural of bonds. It's the one that almost no one can escape. And that means it's one of the places where the state has difficulty reaching in. Families are the place where people are taught traditions and values that the state might not want them to have. It's the last barrier between radical ideology taking over every part of your civilization. And so if your plan, like the left's is, is to completely disorient our society, to completely invert the natural hierarchy of our society and remake it in your own image, it, to create this really unnatural hierarchy, you must destroy any barrier to your power, any place in which people could yep. receive more natural and traditional ideas. And so that's why the family has to go. Aaron, uh, where can people find you? Uh, you can go ahead and subscribe to the Oren McIntyre podcast. And of course, you can catch everything over at Blaze TV. I also have everything on YouTube, Rumble, and Odyssey. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Ladies and gentlemen, this hour flew by. I love you all. We have huge fights ahead of us. And there's no one that I would rather be in the war room with than all of you. Good night and good luck. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67% and do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out.